1: for the geek kind top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipsters defense capability join the revolution and save the galaxy geeks from all over the globe are joining up the fight for the future they're doing their part are you want to know more join weebe geeks and the geek revolution and save the world service guarantees citizenship want to know more? The only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. You know, listening to it this time, I think I know a spot or two I might be able to tweak that a little bit different. Oh yeah? But still have the same vibe. Sounds good. But, hey, well, welcome to another episode. It is the dazzling, dashing, daring duo. So pick one of those and... <laughs> Dang. Uh, it is Derek <laughs> and myself, Mike. Um, God, I feel like we just did this a couple of nights ago. It <laughs> weren't missing someone. I'm still
0: getting used, still
1: getting used to the a switch. And yeah, yeah. I mean, so you, we've been recording on Wednesdays for how long? Or ever since you've been on the show. No, yeah, which wow, oh, years now. Yeah, has it always been on Wednesdays when you came on, or were we on another night? No, it was always Wednesdays. And then, of course, Wookiee Radio on Fridays. Now we record Wookiee Radio on Wednesdays, which is so odd having Ken with us on Wednesdays. I know. <laughs> so, um, just to knock it out of the ballpark, check out the homepage, uh, our affiliates, and our shop on the side. Um, get yourself from our shop t shirt, sweatshirt, hockey jersey, baseball jersey, hats, winter hats. It's all right there. Some great looking stuff. Uh, ask Kylan over on Mighty Marvel Geeks about his jersey. Uh, you, you've seen the one I, I got from Mighty Marvel Geeks. I think i have oh, wearing yeah. it here. Looks great. I mean, they're comfortable. They're great job. Yeti does a great job. I just realized I need to do a review on, uh, on Declassified. Think about changing Declassified. Think about changing it to Weeby Geeks TV. Okay. Or Weeby Geeks Video. TV sounds better, better doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, that would incorporate all the shows. Weeby, Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookiee Radio. Hey, even Keepers of the Fringe. If you do, you get something you want to do a review, feel free to throw it up on the channel. That's what it's there for. I got to get Ken to do the same thing for DC Superpowers for reviews and whatnot. Um, speaking of reviews, trailer time. Let me get my sound effect. Well, got a couple trailers this week. Uh, I say let's start off with the one that came out first, Spider-Man Far From Home. What did you initially think of the trailer? Didn't see it. You didn't see it? <laughs> of course I saw You're it. You're fired.
0: <laughs> 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 welcome
1: uh, welcome to We be Geek's as home with a single as solo. As <laughs> as <laughs> as <laughs> be geek. Welcome to Weebie Geek. I Be Geek. <laughs> It it was nice to uh yeah, it was nice to see finally see something from it. Very exciting. So the question is do you think it's pre infinity war in game or post?
0: Well that's the thing. And that's what was good about it. It didn't really give you any uh specific clues either way. So it could be either. Mm-hmm. Which is very smart.
1: Um, it's very smart. It didn't really spoil too much. Right. Now, w- we see potentially two different um, villains here, or villain sets. Uh, mm-hmm. We see the elementals, which um, the ones we saw was fire, earth, and water. We're seeing one for air. But mm. um, we also see Mysterio. Yes. Mysterio.
0: Now, of course, the whole thing. The elementals could be a
1: part of Mysterio's illusion. True. Or it could just be his group, sort of like Vulture had Shocker and one or two others. Could be, yes. But Mysterio is done right. Yeah, he looked good. Looks he looked awesome. Good. Um,
0: and I like how he's trying to play off.
1: Yeah. Um. And of course, you know, there's a quote where... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal said at CCXP, uh, is that the, that's gotta be, yeah, that's the, uh, Brazil Comic-Con. because there are these threats to the world, the elementals, elemental creatures. And Mysterio is someone who knows about them and wants to make sure that the world is safe from them. And this is where he said at Comic-Con Experience, Where he revealed Mysterio is working under Nick Fury, Hmm, where at some point he's got to go rogue. Uh, Now, the creatures spotted in the trailer bear resemblance to several supervillains, including Sandman, Hydro Man, Molten Man, potentially Cyclone. Um, But we're going to touch on that here in a minute with some Easter eggs. So first Easter egg going from beginning to to end um, is checking out after Spider-Man and Aunt May participate in a fundraiser. Benef- benefiting the homeless, Happy Hogan uh, enters with a check for five hundred thousand dollars, signed by Stark Industries Pepper Potts, mm-hmm. uh, who continue who continues to handle the business side of Stark's multi billion dollar company. I love the reaction afterwards. Happy walks in. Mm, May Happy, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Who's macking on May? Yeah, now? yeah. Um, then there's and, the uh, reaction. Was that was great. Like, oh, come on. (laughs) Um, Then we start seeing them talk about this trip to Europe, and Peter goes to pack, grabs a suitcase, and what do we see on the suitcase? The initials BFP. If I remember right, isn't that Benjamin Franklin Parker? I do believe so. So... Um, Of course, that is Uncle Ben's suitcase that we're seeing there. Uh, And as he's packing for Europe, we see him wearing an appropriately nerdy T-shirt depicting a math equation instructing to find X, which is then circled in red within a company, I found it. (laughs) I said on this week's Mighty Marvel Geeks, I'm going to steal this and change X to the Mighty Marvel Geeks logo in both the equation (laughs) and on the diagram and change it to I found it (laughs) on that, too. I think that would be a cool shirt for Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, Of course, Peter first wore this shirt in Homecoming, Wearing it underneath a button down when attending a party thrown by, by Liz. And of course, when he was ready, readying himself to crash the party as Spider Man, Peter could be seen crouched on the roof, removing the same shirt before his superhero duties forced him to abandon the party. So, uh, then we want well, the next Easter eggs is when Peter goes to pick up his passport. It reveals he was born on August 10th. Um, Of course, this was the same date as Amazing Fantasy swung into the comic books. Well, onto the newsstands in 1962. So very appropriate. Ah, Yes. Very appropriate. Um, Of course, uh, let's see. Now, when we see shots of Spider-Man swinging around home, what do we get? Uh, He makes a stop at the rebuilt deli belonging to mr delmar in which we see the counter showing uh pictures of what happened during the destruction during homecoming along with pictures posing of mr delmar posing a spider man as well as former u.s president barack obama uh now obama is a notated comic is a noted comic book fan i didn't know that i did And uh, once appeared on a special Inauguration Day variant cover of The Amazing Spider-Man 583. So... He did. But we also see as he's passing... um, the now under construction former Avengers Tower and the memorial carving erected in memory of the first responders present at the Battle of New York in the first Avengers. Uh now there has been talks is that the Baxter build is that now being turned into the Baxter building by Reed Richards. Oh that would be cool. Is that potentially the new Oscorp building? Mm, possibly. Um From there, uh, we see them going to Europe and uh, we see. Well, where do they go first? Is it London first or is it Italy?
0: I'm not sure.
1: I don't remember. Anyway, following Easter eggs are not in. Order as seen in the movie or in the trailer. <laughs> in the movie uh, first, um, when Peter, Peter and friends are enjoying a gondola ride, their ride is interrupted by a huge water monster resembling B-list Spider-Man foe Hydro-Man. Now, the Easter egg here is: there's a boat spotted behind Ned that reads ASM to twelve. I saw that one. Or Amazing Spider-Man. 212, which is the first appearance of Morris Beach, or Morris Bench, a small-time crook who came to possess the ability to transform his physical form into water. Uh, It is not known yet if the creature is intended to be Hydro-Man, or if it's in reality Hydron, a member of the Elementals. Mm -hmm. I would think the ASM-212 is more the clue that is probably Hydro-Man. You'd think, but you never know. Now before all this I like to see if you yeah well before all this we see Fury knock out Ned in the hotel room and then go okay we need you to be working for us now mm-hmm. because then one the next elementals we see is Fury and Maria Hill. Uh, opening fire on a creature composed of Earth. And this resembles a long-time uh, Spider-Man enemy, Sandman. And looking at the face in this picture, it almost looks like the same look from uh, Spider-Man 3. Mm. It almost has a Thomas Hayden Church look, which, man, was he a great Sandman.
0: He, I really enjoyed him. It, it's kind of... It was disappointing that he kind of got a little pushed aside, but but yeah. uh, I thought he was great as
1: a man. He got lost behind the Venom monstrosity. I didn't yeah. mind. I didn't yeah. mind the introduction of the the symbiote suit in that Spider Man. No, that would have been fine. I just didn't think, and I wouldn't have minded where he was questioning his judgment while in the suit mm-hmm. on occasion, and let some of that primal rage leak through like it did in the comics but i didn't think we need to we uh-huh. needed to go full rage as quickly as we did with, with peter and we did not need venom no we did not need venom in this no in that one it could have stayed
0: it right it should have been a setup or a it set all that up in that movie and then right in the next movie that should have been venom
1: but it should have stayed sandman and we should have stayed with hobgoblin yeah right so, and then use both of that to set up where Hob got, where Harry turns good to help go against Venom, mm-hmm, right? So, and then you just leave the last one as Venom only, right? So, it would that would have great, would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now this creature appears to be more rocky than sand. Oh. Either way, um, which could make him the elemental known as Magnum, who has the power to command Earth, but a visible license plate directly in front of Fury reads 463, which could be a nod to 1963's Amazing Spider-Man 4, the first appearance of Sandman. Ooh, interesting. So there's the clues. Now, we get to... The trailer finds MJ, which I think it's wrong that they're naming uh, Zendaya's character MJ, even though she's not Mary Jane. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Um, But MJ, Ned, and Betty are fleeing from a fiery attack on London Bridge, uh, which appears to be under assault by a lava creature and potentially a wind-inducing cohort. Now, if you look next to MJ as they're running away, um, you see on the license plate, 2865 SEP. Well, that Easter egg is in reference to Amazing Spider-Man number 28, which came out in September of 1965. And that was the first appearance of Mark Raxton, a.k.a. Molten Man. Ah, very interesting. Why would they put that type of Easter egg referencing these characters if it wasn't those characters, but instead the elementals?
0: That is a good question.
1: So, um, because I'm sure, uh, now... Uh, Spider-Man first encountered Cyclone, who would be the cohort with Molten Man, in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man 143, which is an issue that brought Parker overseas to parents France, where the superhero traveled to rescue Daily Bugle employee James Jameson and Robbie Robertson from Cyclone's demands for ransom. So I am I know they go to Paris in this, and I'm sure probably somewhere in the Paris scene would be a reference to ASM 143. Now, one of the things that I liked was at the very end of the trailer. So what's so different, what's so special about Spider-Man? Well, he's cool, protects the neighborhood, where's the cow? I would, it'd be cool to hang with him. Unlike you, dickhead, referring to Peter. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, if you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's my thought with all this. My thought thought is this is post-endgame. And I say that because of this next story. We know the MCU is going to look vastly different post-endgame. Mm-hmm. And according to a report from We Got This Covered, uh, which is wegotthiscovered.com, I'll pull up their story just in case. Um, the new Avengers movie in development afterwards uh, could be. Featured around a group known as the Young Avengers. Oh. With the next generation of heroes, which would be Kate Bishop's Hawkeye, Hawkling, Iron Lad, Patriot, Wiccan, Statue, and Vision, and not necessarily Paul Bettany's version. Hmm. Who else could we add to that? Uh, Peter Parker. And in many ways, who was kind of the head of... ...of Young Avengers? Well, in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon... ...Peter Parker... ...under the tutelage of Nick Fury. See where I'm going with this? I think I do. Does that not make sense? Um, Yeah, it does, actually. Now... This also matches up, according to We Got Discovered, this also matches up with what we've heard already, too, as Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has admitted that the inclusion of Cassie in the Ant-Man films was part of a move to plant seeds for the arrival of the young Avengers. Cassie, is that his daughter? Yes. Okay. So don't forget that Catherine, Catherine Langford's turning up in Endgame as well, and she's rumored to be playing Kate Bishop. So young heroes like Patriot and Hawking would be inspired by Captain America and Bruce Banner. Then there's Iron Lad, who, well, let's just say he's closely connected to with a Fantastic Four villain. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Wiccan and Bruce. Vision 2.0 are likely the Scarlet Witch Envision and Envision's kids, later replacing Speed from the comics. And then a young or apparently new Avengers movie definitely seems like a new brainer going into phase four, which you would still include Spider Man in. So that's that. Very interesting. Yes. So I said this over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. I'm saying it here. I think this is the way if this is the future there will be a turning over the gaunt, or turning over the keys. I think Peter's going to be a major part of this. There's also two in the cartoon Captain Marvel also helps Fury with the Young Avengers, Young Avengers team. Hmm. And of course, if you've watched any of Marvel Rising, Captain Marvel is involved there with the Marvel Rising crew as well. Interesting. Along with Quake. So, will we see Quake? Probably not. Mm. But... Evened up. But that's where I think we're going. And if so, you know who else I wouldn't mind seeing pop in with a little bit of a background or backstory change? Gwynpole. <laughs> Why not? Change the backstory some. Because I don't... <laughs> You have to change the backstory some, but Gwynpool would be perfect to add to that.
0: I uh, just, I am not a fan of Gwynpool.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I, I am. I thought you were a spider, and that would be cool. But yeah, but you would have to. I don't think you can introduce Spider Gwen until you introduce a live action Spider Verse. Yeah, and I don't think they're ready for that yet. So, but yeah, definitely. I don't know about you. I am ready for this next story.
0: Well, if you're ready for it, then, uh, you know, maybe you should call somebody huh. and who are you going to call. Well, <laughs> how about my next door? Jason name? Reitman. Yeah, sure. <laughs> how about uh, <laughs> Jason Reitman, a uh, son of Ivan Reitman, uh, who has announced that he's going to be following in his father's footsteps. Uh, now Ivan Reitman's passed away and right? yes. um, and shortly after that, there was a release of a short little teaser trailer, and it is this—it is the definition of a teaser.
1: This is what a teaser trailer um,
0: should be. for yes for a for Ghostbusters three, which we know um, Dan Aykroyd has been working on writing, yep. which he talked about couple months ago um and according to the teaser trailer we also know that the movie is going to open in the summer of 2020. Ah uh, yes yes and of course the chair tra- the teaser also featured some snippets of Elmer Bernstein's score for the 1984 original movie. Yep. Uh the teaser features an abandoned barn on a dark stormy and windy night as the camera pans closer to the barn we see brilliant flashes of light not unlike those made by egon spengler's proton packs coming from within inside we see a tarp blowing back and forth uh it's blown back by the wind bill ecto-1 the converted 1959 cadillac miller meteor ambulance limo used by the spirit hunting gang. uh and green cuts to black as the word "summer 2020" appear. Oh, it was very, very yeah. exciting. Uh, and of course, as we said, it, that it's basically that is the definition of a teaser trailer. Yeah, it's exactly what it should be. Um, it's it's a uh, it, it's a nice surprise for those who haven't been. Who hadn't heard Dan Aykroyd talking about writing the film? Um, it's 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 nice too because unlike when when that news came out, um, this kind of gives it some uh, some a foot in reality. So now we know it's actually really happening, and that is exciting. Yeah. Now the film is yeah. is written by Reitman, Jason Reitman, and Mount Monster House director Gil Keenan. Um, who who also remade Poltergeist. Uh, The new film will take place in the universe of the original two movies. Thank you. Yes. Um, Of course, we no longer have Harold Ramis, who passed away uh, a few years ago. Um, And, you know, the rest of the cast is getting a little up there in years. Um, But still some some ideas that people have had and I know me and and Chris and I on keepers of the fringe have talked about it is is I think we might have talked about it too
1: yeah i think we have
0: is maybe having maybe having egon come back as a ghost or something and somehow be the reason why they come back together
1: yeah um, well, I think we've also talked about, too, having it where they're turning over the reins to a younger generation. Right. Yeah, And yeah. why couldn't be one of those kids? Which that would have. Why couldn't one of those kids be uh, Dana's kid? Oh, sh- yeah, sure. sure.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that that would have been more like I would like to have seen them do with that reboot they did. But that's yeah. not the direction they went. no. So um, in in an interview, Jason Reitman said, uh, I've always thought of myself as the first Ghostbuster fan. When I was a six-year-old visiting the set, I wanted to make a movie for all the other fans. This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It is not a reboot. What happened in the 80s happened in the 80s, and this is set in the present day. This is very early, and I want the film to unwrap like a present. We have a lot of wonderful surprises and new characters
1: for the audience to meet. Oh boy. I love some of the Twitter comments that starts off with Jason Reitman. Everybody can relax. I found the car hashtag GB 20. Of course, (laughs) it's the trailer. And then Ackroyd, if you need a tune up, you know who to call hashtag GB 20. And then Ernie Hudson. Oh yeah. Bigger than a hundred foot marshmallow man. If then, uh, then it quotes Ackman's quote on top of that. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, So uh, the movie is set to begin filming In just a few months Sweet. And an, an-, an animated feature Based on the iconic IP Is also in the works But that won't be released Until after this one This right. movie comes out So a new animated feature or oh, series
1: Yep So that's some good stuff so we know, for the most part, Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are on board. Yes. I would love to see Rick Moranis. Um, it's t-
0: yeah, that, that that would be great. Um, it's not entirely out of the question. Uh, as most recently, Rick Moranis did a guest appearance on the show The Goldbergs, yep.
1: where he, he donned his, well, his-, his dark helmet. Helmet, baseballs. Well, when his wife died in, in ninety one, he kind of phased out by ninety seven. But he did some he did some voiceover right. work and a couple Bob and Doug stuff in early in the late two thousands. Because he did Brother Bear in two thousand six, and then he did a Bob and Doug's two four anniversary on uh in two thousand seven. But other than that, well this this could be
0: um. <laughs> something that he'd want to come back for possibly hopefully and as well as bill murray who who is not really on on any social media so that's why there's no comments from him but i believe dan Aykroyd did say that that bill murray would be up for doing it as
1: well so yeah we can hope so good news around yeah very very exciting well, this next news could be considered good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But all future X-Men and Fantastic Four films have been canceled at 20th Century Fox. Not surprising. Yeah. This comes from Geeks Worldwide, and uh, today in the not-so-surprising news, 20th Century Fox has canned all future X-Men, Fantastic Four-related films and spin-offs. Obviously, this is due to the Gambit acquisition, or not Gambit, the Disney-Fox acquisition, which means Gambit (laughs) starring Channing Tatum done multiple. Oh boy, what's Kylan? I know multiple man starring James Franco. I didn't even know they were doing multiple man. I did. And I was interested in it, Uh, but you know, Kitty pride, silver surfer and Dr. Doom solo films gone. This means the Mm. final two X-Men films to be developed by the studio will end the summer with X-Men dark Phoenix, which there's not great news going around there. Let's just say, if you're a part of that, you should be embarrassed. Um, Uh. And then New Mutants, which I'm still not keen on New Mutants being horror themed.
0: I am. I'm kind of interested in it.
1: Um, Now, it should be noted and taken very positively that Bob Iger specifically mentioned Deadpool as a future franchise Disney will look into continuing. He's not stupid, Deadpool. Even even though I thought Deadpool two was not as funny as Deadpool one, yeah, but, but I still enjoyed. Oh, I enjoyed it. But I hear Once Upon a Deadpool is actually better. Hmm. Um, Interesting, but um, it, it's it's not it, it's not a dumb move that Iger is keeping that. Uh, now, however, with Disney acquiring Fox, Marvel Studios will now legally be able to use the plethora of characters that are now connected with the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Uh, Feige recently revealed that the studio could start developing projects based on the characters within the first six months of this year. So expect to see mutants start to appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as early as 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need Fantastic Four, but I would love to see Doom. And I would also love to see a House of M storyline to introduce mutants into the MCU. I want
0: to, well, I, w- I would like to see a Fantastic Four movie finally done right.
1: Yeah, where Galactus isn't a cloud. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying, so, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Good news is, um, the whole, um, the whole thing with Gambit done over with. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh,
0: that was one of those ones I, I really was not looking forward to. Yeah. So, uh, no, uh, So my heart is not broken there.
1: (laughs) As I keep saying, it should have been the guy from uh, NCIS New Orleans who was also in uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I can't think of his name. Something black.
0: I don't (laughs) it. So I can't comment on him.
1: So he was also in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Didn't see it. Okay. (laughs) So um, other interesting news. Comes from the gaming world. Well, interesting
0: is one way to put it. <laughs> uh, another way to put it is, what are you do- doing, EA? They don't uh, know. I know. So, as many Star Wars fans know and do not like, uh, EA has the license for Star Wars games, the sole license for Star Wars games, in which they have not done great. <laughs> with. Um, and now the latest news is uh, there was an, an open world Star Wars game in development from EA and that has apparently been canceled. Uh so according to Kotaku, their their uh, electronics arts ended the project uh that was being worked on in their Vancouver branch that has been in development since the fall of 2017. Um, of course, EA closed Visceral Games down, who was also doing its own Star Wars game. Uh, but Vancouver rebooted that and altered it from a traditional action-adventure story into an open-world game with some of the same art elements. Uh, and that game was was allegedly named Orca, uh, it was still an early development, but it was it would have allowed players to be a scoundrel or bounty hunter, uh, roaming around the vast expanses of the Star Wars worlds, while garnering favor with factions and raising the ire of others. Uh, but I guess it looks like the game was too big to push out in the time frame they wanted. Uh, most of the game, of course, has been speculation, uh, but... Fans of as as I mentioned, fans have not been ha- happy with EA, and they've been very skeptical skeptical about this game due to EA's Battlefront two, and uh, there was plenty of worry that an open world game could exploit fans, and uh, you know, seeing what they did, some of the things they've done with Battlefront, yeah. The- I'm not going to get into it. I'm sure we all know the whole controversy of things that was going on with Battlefront. Yeah, and
1: but the- those may be – that might be carrying over to, uh, to the U.S. as well. Yep. Um, so on the plus side, it looks like there were no
0: jobs lost because of the cancellation. And the game may not be entirely dead uh, as long as the next Star Wars game works out well. Right. And, of course, um, so – EA is stepping back from whatever this game could have been because it looks like they're in favor of something quicker and less ambitious. Uh, There's reports saying that a smaller scale Star Wars game could be coming in 2020. Uh, But of course, we also know that Respawn, another EA-owned studio, is planning to release Jedi Fallen Order next fall, which we covered in previous... Actually, I don't know if we covered it here or Wookiee Radio, but we have covered it. Right. Now, shortly after this came out, uh, there was an announcement from EA Games. Uh, First of all, um, the reporter Jason Schreier from Kotaku broke the statement on his Twitter uh, saying there's been speculation overnight about one of Star Wars projects as a natural part of the creative process great work by by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. Uh, Then they added, we're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn. And we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right. So uh, that didn't really uh, say a whole lot. Right. So... uh, once again, I gotta say, what are you doing, EA? It's like they're toying with Star Wars yeah. fans, which yeah. not a good idea. No, it's not. It's not at all. But if you're the sole company that holds Star Wars license, I mean, you you should you should be working to put out good games. It's not that hard. It's Star Wars. It pretty much
1: you know you have a built-in audience, right? yeah but no one said they're smart. This is true. I mean, look at some of the issues that have happened. Mm. so um now and and
0: the way not only that, but also the way EAs handled those issues.
1: yeah yeah mm. it's not good, not good at all. Nope um just like this really isn't that good either. With issue number 67, that will be Karen Gillian's final issue of the Star Wars comics. Well, that is disappointing, but, you know. Uh, he goes, I have three issues left to write in The Scourge of Shu Torin, and that's issue 67, the end of my story, and I will be off. Nope present plans to write anything else in star wars as i've said all i wanted to do about these characters in the comics at least in this period anyway um now right now issue 67 is not slated to drop until like august i think issue 60 just dropped or is dropping next week Hmm. so we've got roughly seven more months um but I mean, he's done quite a bit. I mean, he came in 2015 and did his run, Darth Vader, 25 issues, and then went and wrote the initial 20 issues of Dr. Afra and then jumped on in November of 2017 on Star Wars, taking over for uh, Jason Aaron and doing almost 30 issues there. Um I'd this, say you've had a pretty good run. Now, this is saying issue 67 is slated to be released in March. It, that doesn't seem right. Is issue 60 just uh,
0: is
1: dropping this week.
0: Yeah, but aren't they doing two a month?
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, then that wouldn't. No, yeah. Then that wouldn't make sense.
1: Uh, let me double check. If I could type right. hmm <laughs> All right, so Star Wars series, according to Comicology. So unlimited latest releases, issues. Here we go. On four, pre-order right now. Okay, 60 drops this coming week. 61, 62, 63 are all available for pre-order. 61 drops February 6th. Hmm. Sixty-two is March sixth. Sixty-three is March twentieth. Yeah. Okay. So maybe April, May. I think it's probably more May than April than March. So. Yeah. Something. To, something's not right. Yeah. So that's that's all I got to say about that.
0: Um, there hasn't there hasn't been an announcement on who's taking over, has there?
1: No. No announcement, but right now we're not talking nothing, anything until May. We got time, right? So um, now, uh, of course, you know the book has been, or the, the Star Wars license has had some issues with Marvel because it's like Chuck Wendig and his whole controversy. And I think there's been one or two others, but you know what? Not worried about those because it was also announced last month that, uh, star Wars, dark visions was announced to debut later this year. And it's unclear if this is a new limited Vader series or has any connection to the canceled book. Right. So, so that's that. Where do we go from here? No, I, well, I, I don't almost feel like I'm getting hungry.
0: <laughs> I think we could take a little trip down to Arizona uh, because that's where this next story comes from. And Apparently, uh, in Arizona and Phoenix, there's going to be a new restaurant opening. That is all about superheroes and comic books and such. That's Ooh. right, folks. Mm. Uh, uh, comic X uh, is the name of the restaurant. It is a comic book themed restaurant. It's going to be opening at Desert Ridge Marketplace in Phoenix, Arizona. It is a family friendly restaurant and bar, and it is going to be the this is going to be the first U.S. location. Of a Mexico based restaurant chain so um, according to the co-founder of the restaurant Santiago Coda Desert Ridge marketplace is the perfect location for our first u.s. concept we are excited to share the action-packed experience with the valley so there are apparently there are 36 of these restaurants in Mexico and uh just like all of those this phoenix restaurant will serve a full food and beverage menu it will have a shop where diners can purchase collectibles uh life-size heroes and villains throughout the restaurant will provide ample photo opportunities and according to the according to the comic x website the menu will include wings salads burgers and pizza plus dessert and a kid's menu Oh, that's cool. The restaurant is expected yeah. The restaurant is expected to open this summer and uh sounds pretty interesting. Hopefully, uh, if this is the first of their US locations, hopefully it will be moving uh, around to different spots. I hope so. In the country. Be kinda of fun.
1: I would love to see it here.
0: Yeah, I would love to see it here in Massachusetts too. So yeah. If you're in the Phoenix area, check that out when it opens. Yep. Let us know your thoughts on
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, now my thoughts, I think this is going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Carell is going to be starring, I did I move that down so much? In a new Netflix comedy based on the Space Force. <laughs> uh, I love uh, it. Now, last year, Trump. Ordered the establishment of Space Force, a proposed sixth branch of the military. This new branch would be dedicated to protecting Americans' interest in outer space. While many believe this to be a rid- ridiculous idea, there's no denying it will become a brilliant concept for a TV show. Um, oh, definitely. Now, the team behind this... Are the ones behind the the one greatest sitcoms to happen in the U.S. and that's the U.S. version of The Office. Um, They think so too. I wasn't a big Office fan, really. Uh, Oh, yeah, The Office. Uh, Now, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Steve Carell is teaming up with Greg Daniels. Uh, For the series, that would be a workplace comedy centered around people tasked with creating a sixth branch of the armed services, the Space Force. I really don't want this to be office style. To me, it's just going to be, okay, it's the office in the military.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, um, there is a teaser trailer. You can find it on Netflix. Um, and it says, yeah, and the teaser trailer describes the new series as following. On June twenty-eight on June 18th, 2018, the federal government announced the creation of a sixth major division of the United States Armed Forces. The goal is the new branch is to defend satellites from attack and reform other space-related tasks or something. This is the story of the men and women who have to figure it out. Okay. So, uh... The show was not shopped around anywhere else, probably because Netflix knows what a draw Corell is. Um, Space Force won't be the actor's only upcoming return to television. He's also expected to appear on uh, Reese Rotherspoon and Jennifer Aniston's morning show drama, uh, which is one of Apple's first scripted originals. Um, There is no release date yet. For Space Force, but it is coming to Netflix. So, um, I think that brings us back to you. Yes, it does. Superstar. There is an interesting
0: movie coming out that I did not know about until just a second. Uh, and of course, if any of you happen to be a fan of any of the Lord of the Rings, which uh, I'm going to assume is probably a large portion of our audience, Um, you are very familiar with the author of The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, who has created some of the most beloved fantasy stories ever told. Uh, But now it looks like they're doing a film, a biopic um, of Mr. Tolkien, uh, starring Nicholas Holt, who I believe was the beast in the um, X-Men first class movies. Yeah. Um, And it will be the author's life story that will be the focus of the film. Of course, uh, he has long been an enigmatic figure whose problematic beliefs sometimes made it into the pages of his beloved books. Though it's unlikely that aspect will ex- be explored in this heartfelt biopic, it sounds like it will still be a rare look into the inner life of the mind behind the beloved Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, this was reported in the rap uh, and it looks like the film has already finished shooting and has secured a May 10th release date, which is really soon. Very interesting. Uh, other cast members who include Lily Collins, Cole Meany, oh, cool. Uh, Anthony cool. Boyle, yeah. Patrick Gibson, Tom Glynn Carney, Craig Roberts, Laura Donnelly, Genevieve O'Reilly, Pam Ferris, and Derek Jacoby. Um... The plot of the film is described as a story which explores the formative years of the orphaned author as he finds friendship, love, and artistic inspiration among a group of fellow outcasts at school. This takes him into the outbreak of World War I, which threatens to tear the fellowship apart. All of these experiences would inspire Tolkien to write his famous Middle Earth novel. Interesting. So, it's being directed by Dome Karukowski. Dome? That's weird. I may have said that wrong. So, it should be interesting. I'm kind of uh, interested
1: in seeing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it, it sounds cool. Uh, we'll have to wait till May.
0: Yeah. Seems like uh, uh, they're doing a lot of the the biopics lately. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it kind of worked with uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen. Yeah. I know there's an Ellen John one coming out next year. So, uh, interesting.
1: Well, that's cool. So, well, um, I think that kind of wraps it up for us.
0: Uh Not too painful?
1: No. Um, Any final thoughts?
0: Uh, I have a couple. Um, Season two of The Punisher is out. Now
1: yes. Finally can't wait.
0: hmm And uh now we just wait for the announcement of its cancellation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Next week. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned to Mighty Marvel Geeks. <laughs>
0: uh and also I wanna say happy birthday to Tom Baker, the greatest doctor in the Doctor Who series.
1: Yeah. He's- Oh, I have, I want to say, because I, we forgot to touch on this when we came back from break, but guest on the show, Gigi Edgley, mm. she and her husband had a baby girl over the holidays. Oh, no kidding. And oh, congratulate. The, the baby's name is Sky Walker as middle name. <laughs> so her name will be Sky Walker, I think Edgley and whatever her husband's name are the four names. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's uh it's it's cute baby but it it was a little interesting um to to see that name but hey I think it's a cool name it's now direction I would have gone but (laughs) knowing GG it's awesome so uh at this point in time anything else uh nope that's all I've got that's all I got so uh only one thing left to be said Um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Uh, If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say.